Hello and welcome to Murph's Tavern. I am massive Simpsons dork, Murphy McLaughlin. Every episode of this podcast, I'll talk about a different episode of The Simpsons, specifically one from the first eight seasons with a couple of fellow fans. This episode, we're talking about season four's Krusty Gets Cancelled, which is the one with Gabbo, uh, where Krusty's show gets cancelled. He does a big comeback show with guest stars and with me this episode better than any of the guest stars that Krusty had we have Kate Dennett hello and Mitch McTaggart hi everybody first uh time on the show Mitch yeah I'm Thanks excited being here thank you it's gonna be good yeah technically uh your baby has been on the show every episode because you composed the theme music to me <laughs> So. That's true. Yeah, I should have pretended that that I heard the music at the start of the this episode and kind of grooved along with it and like come in and said, "Yeah, that's a really great tune. Who did that tune?" <laughs> well, next time you're on, if if there's a next time, yeah, sure, uh, we'll see. And- <laughs> oh, that's so threatening. You're like, we will be doing a performance review at the end of this. <laughs> Uh, so, Mitch, before because it's your first time, do you want to give us a little quick rundown on your background with The Simpsons? Well, I, yeah, I feel like I'm the kind of uh, the, the standard millennial type who essentially grew up watching uh, yeah. the classic era of Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I dropped off rather sharply after, I want to say, season 11 or 12. Um, yeah. And uh, then I've just had absolutely no urge to dive back in and watch the newer episodes, obviously. But watching some of the older ones um, from time to time are a real delight and a real treat because they're still... It's amazing how much they hold up. And I'm sure you've already talked about all this, but it's just... um, It's really really good to kind of enjoy them still, I think. This is older, older eps. Yeah, and not only do they hold up, but you also like discover new things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, like I've realised how little I got as a kid. Yeah, watching yeah. Them. Um, but I, we actually, um, speaking of being a kid, we went to school together, Mitch. We were, uh, well, as teenagers, we did in high school, and I um, do remember actually because I was like because I was such a Simpsons nerd, I hadn't. Um, I was still in denial about the show being crap or becoming <laughs> crap. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, well, I do remember you, Mitch, and uh, Scott, um, our friend Scott, like, because you knew how much I love The Simpsons, like, you'd come to school the next day and be like, that episode last night was shit, Murphy. <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd give you a... Uh We'd give you a bit of uh, grief for it, um, as if it was you personally making them. (laughs) (laughs) I think even, like, it might have even been your Scott, before we, like, became good friends, you just knew me as the guy that loved The Simpsons, (laughs) and you'd, come go past the locker and be like, Simpsons sucks! (laughs) Well, now it just sounds like bullying, which it it probably very likely was. (laughs) Did you throw eggs at him as well? <laughs> but it was just like a way you were really known as the as the Simpsons guy, like to, to the point where your interactions with people was just Simpsons based. Like you were so kind of, and you were, but you were so across it as well. Like it wasn't like you were, you know, trying to be labelled as the Simpsons guy, like a mm. like a guy who tries to make up a nickname <laughs> for themselves to have it stick. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, to your credit, you were good at it. Well, uh, thank you. Thank God I've grown out of that now, though. Anyway, yeah, let's sure. delve into <laughs> Krusty Gets Cancelled. <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, uh, we were talking about not getting stuff as as kids. There's, I wrote down um, a bunch of bits from this episode that uh, I didn't appreciate or really understand. Um, uh, a lot of just American celebrity references. Yeah. Uh, even just from the get-go, the opening scene, Springfield Squares, yeah. um, has a couple... People in there, like the guy that won't leave his square. Like, I've been in this square yes. for 30 years. Is that um, a real person? That's a real person? Well, yeah. it's it's. I, I li- literally found this out today. I looked it up while I was watching the episode. Um, it's based on a guy called... Uh, Charlie Weaver. Yeah, who's not even a real... That's a character, Charlie Weaver. Right. So the actual guy's name is Cliff Arquette. And he plays a character called Charlie Weaver. And he was like one of the main guests on uh, Celebrity Squares or Hollywood Squares, I think is the actual show Yeah, Springfield Squares is based on. And also you, you only see like a second of him, but there's also Wally Cox in one of the bottom squares and he goes, okay. ah! um, who was also a regular on Hollywood Squares and who also died in like the 70s. So, <laughs> What, what in, was his celebrity-ness from? Like what was he originally, um, I, not just the guy from was, the square? He uh, like was a comedy actor. Molly yeah. Cox. Um, so that's the one that screams for a second. And yeah, Cliff Arquette, who's the Charlie guy, he was also, I think, just known for playing this one character on like talk shows and sketch shows and stuff. And my, um, I, I really enjoyed the, like, when he, obviously, when he, he dies, but then it cuts to um, Homer <laughs> and Bart just laughing about it, like just making yeah. jokes about him just absolutely having died. <laughs> it's such a. It's such a weird opening to the episode yeah. because, I mean, like I feel like it's pretty standard structure with those kinds of shows now in that it's a essentially unrelated couple of gags before we get into the main story. Yeah. But with, with this one, it's just so left field. Like it has <laughs> nothing to do with the, with the main um, the main plot and then we're just into it. It's just, I don't know, it's just a very cool, quick, dumb joke. It would be funny if like... <laughs> Um, they just did keep making references to it. Like later on, there's an obituary in the newspaper for that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a few dark jokes in this episode. Like Homer and Bart just laughing. Homer literally saying, he's dead now. Yeah. And Mayor Quimby uh, yes. like saying, yeah. <laughs> um, admitting to murder, using the city's fund to murder his enemies. <laughs> and then the newspaper headline saying Quimby li- wins a landslide. Then the smaller text is um, bodies wash up on bay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think this is the season, season four is when it started getting quite dark. A mm. lot of their jokes, I think. Right. What say? What you like? What was happening in the world when this was happening? Like, is there a uh, reason why things started to get? Uh, it was 1993, 13th of May, 1993. This episode aired. So, uh, don't know much about history. I guess George Bush was still... Pre- oh, no, I think Clinton had maybe come in by this point. Mm. So, well, I guess <laughs> let's use the episode to work out what was happening. No, um, Beverly Hills 90210 would have been on. Was that a reference to when... Crusty auditions for the show was that Beverly Hills or was that oh wait um, no Melrose oh, Place? I, that was Melrose Place, but Luke Perry was from Beverly Hills, right? And I'm assuming right, that right, right. He wouldn't have had the big role he did in this if he wasn't from yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I, I, yeah. I definitely feel like Luke Perry is is absolutely <laughs> 90s and would have been you know a big deal 
at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Going um, with the celebrities, by the way. Um, apparently, I've read a few bits of trivia online. Um, this episode was described by executive producer Mike Reese as a nightmare because <laughs> quite a few guests pulled out at the last minute. Um, so they kept having to change the script depending on who they were getting. So mm. um, they did approach like the Rolling Stones and um, uh, living ex-presidents. Obviously living. That probably didn't need to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they approached... Nixon, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, and Ronald Reagan, all to be on it, and they all um, turned it down. Um, Even the guests that they did have, or at least one of them had, like, they had to change the script because of what they, they were being a bit fussy. So, Carson, um, you know, the whole joke in this episode is Johnny Carson is just great at everything. Yeah. Um, Like, literally the final shot is Bart saying he's the greatest entertainer and (laughs) them all clapping him. His original idea for him was he was going to visit the Simpson family house and mooch off them. (laughs) But Carson felt this role was too degrading. Um, So, they did the opposite. They went, all right, let's just go the opposite and just make him the best. They did a similar thing, actually, in uh, the baseball episode with all the baseball players. I think it was Jose Canseco didn't like what they'd originally written for him. Um, so, instead, they made him like a hero and like help the woman who was in the burning house. So, like as a yeah. kind of as a punishment, I guess. Like for, yeah. You know, like you, you, you want to be a hero or you can be a hero to death. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> it, I, I just feel weird about people who are public figures who are uh, reveal themselves to be so thin-skinned. Yeah. Like just lighten up. Maybe. Especially with yeah. like Johnny Carson, you're a comedian. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that you're, one you're, I find strange. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, he did have a lot of respect um, from a lot of the writers, Johnny Carson. Like, I've seen a few interviews where Conan O'Brien, because this is when he was working on the show, says, like, that's one of the greatest moments of his career was meeting Johnny Carson and, like, getting his autograph and stuff and, like, getting to talk to him. So, um, m- maybe it was even Johnny Carson was like, Maybe don't have me like that. No, of course, Mr. Carson. Of course. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. you're right. It might have been like a quite a friendly conversation. Like, Maybe. yeah. There's no fun in that though, is there? When it's like, oh, it was just a regular conversation. It's like, come on, let's juice it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bet Midler was all good to do the show, but a condition for her being on the show was actually promoting her anti-littering campaign. <laughs> oh, that's real. Sure. Yeah, so that, yeah, the whole thing with her picking up trash on the highways is legit. Um, so apparently, like, um, there were billboards in America that were like, this highway is clean thanks to Bette Midler. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I love that bit. Come- yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, um, yeah, I guess that was a condition of her being on the show, but it ended up having one of the greatest gags like I'll get you for this Bette Midler (laughs) (laughs) oh no Bette Midler (laughs) Um, but yeah apparently Luke Perry was um, one of the first guest stars to agree to his part so he had no issues (laughs) and he's like they probably took advantage of that being like okay he's fine with anything let's just blow him up yeah I mean it's it's weirder (laughs) that that the guy who was I guess the 90s pinup boy who you would associate with (laughs) I guess vanity and vacuousness or whatever is the most cool about how he's behaved in a cartoon yeah Yeah. entertainment's um, a funny thing it sure is (laughs) Elizabeth Taylor um, 
also did this, um, so recorded her lines for this episode while she was also voicing Maggie because she does Maggie's first word, um, which what? is a does three she? episodes earlier. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, when Maggie goes, Daddy, that's, um, that's Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> There is something frightening about someone like Elizabeth Taylor <laughs> putting on a baby voice and saying that. I don't know. I find that scary. <laughs> they actually later, because in like clip shows and stuff, when they've re-shown that clip of Maggie speaking, they've redubbed it now where it's actually Nancy Cartwright going, Daddy. Because wow. Why though? <laughs> because I think they realized in hindsight it did kind of sound unnatural, her voice doing it. And also, I think in the like, as the show's gone on, Maggie's done a lot more like baby noises and stuff. Like, they actually have her, even though she still doesn't speak, they still have her like a yeah, baby, baby, like, uh, like baby gibberish. So I think as consistency with that, yeah, they might have had- probably like they, yeah, exactly. Sorry, I've totally interrupted, but yeah, that consistency yeah. and also just like not wanting to have to pay an enormous amount every time Maggie does anything. Do you think that's <laughs> well, yeah, part I don't of know it? How that works? I don't know if they have to pay them again when they show the clips. I think that's residuals, isn't it? That's how mm. that works. Yeah. I don't know why I'm suddenly being the union representative <laughs> here. <laughs> well, that well if they're not, they need to yeah. speak to their union representative because that's actually really important <laughs> and it's <laughs> they're really like. genuinely deserving of that. Like the <laughs> network are making money. They should be making money too. I was going to say Elizabeth Taylor's listening to this episode going, oh, <laughs> but I think she has passed away. Um, as well as Barry White. And Luke Perry and oh, I John forgot Carson. Luke Perry died. What? Yeah, Luke Perry died a couple of years ago. Whoa! He was only like in his fifties oh, or something. Okay, yeah, I think I remember this now. This when welcome the, the, to Murphy Show where we remember dead people dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Murph's funerals. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, it, I think I did hear though when he died, a lot of people were saying that he was like a really sweet guy. So that yes. yeah, that's right. Yeah, which consistent yeah. with him in this. Mm. Anyway, hey, moving away from Luke Perry, <laughs> if if I if I may, um, mm, I think that I okay. <laughs> thing that I really wanted to say before um, we're just kind of like flying flying into it, but um, the 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 thing that I remember watching this as a kid, this whole episode was when Gabbo is first revealed, right, um, and. They, he does the musical number where he flies off the um, performer's hand and starts like dancing on his own. Yeah, that annoyed me because it's a <laughs> it's a dummy. Like how how is he being? How is he moving now with without without a hand up him? And then I thought, oh, maybe maybe it's like a it's the show's opening titles. Therefore, there's. The, like the Gabo <laughs> makers have used some kind of special effects and stuff to get it to get it going and stuff. But then, then he like he's he's got like full on um, dexterity with his fingers when he throws <laughs> the kids um, uh, shiny dimes, yeah, yeah. which which according to the trivia appear to be pennies instead. So Man. anyway, it just Mitch has yeah. given this episode a zero later <laughs> when we do pennies. But, but like it. It, it briefly kind of made me think, like the, the ramifications for that, because then you know, is the dummy real? 
like the, the, the dump because he, and he has that sob conversation with the with the um what's his name Arthur Crandall and yeah and but so are they <laughs> is it actually Arthur puppeting him? I think it's implied that the part of the joke is that Arthur Crandall is just talking to himself. Um, But And I think you just have to suspend your belief with him just dancing. Um, Because, yeah, even though The Simpsons, especially as it went on, gets more and more crazy, they still did have some groundedness to it. So, they never really had magic in, like, non-Treehouse of Horrors. So Yeah, and it kind of makes Krusty's attempt at um, doing ventriloquism all the more kind of (laughs) pathetic when... Gabo can <laughs> sing and dance independently of its puppeteer's hand, yet yeah. Krusty can't even operate a <laughs> basic dummy. Oh, I just I love it when the Simpsons do any kind of joke that's like something horrific is happening and children are screaming. <laughs> I just love it so much. I picked up for the first time watching it today. There's no need for Krusty to be wearing a moustache when he... <laughs> When he's doing that ventriloquist act, he's got a fake moustache on. But it's like, wait, why? You're still crusty. <laughs> like, but isn't what? isn't he wearing that? Isn't he wearing that to conceal his mouth from talking? Oh, <laughs> I, wow! You've just explained the gag to me. Oh man, I never. You can tell it's crusty. He's wearing a moustache. <laughs> Dear Simpsons, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much I picked up on watching it this time. Um, it like when um, Bart says um, that li- that boy's gonna take America by storm. All he needs is a hook. He says, "I'm a bad little boy," and Bart goes, "I caramba." I was like, "Oh, because oh, that's, that's his Bart's hook. catchphrase." Sure, I yeah. actually didn't clock that when I when I rewatched it because I was like, oh, "I know there's there a I know there's a joke here, but I don't understand what it is." Because I thought yeah. Bart was responding to the to I'm a bad little boy being some kind of known cultural reference uh, that I didn't get. Okay. Oh. and th- so that's hey, where um, I went with that. I feel like with um, a lot of Simpsons jokes that I revisit, that sometimes. My, I'm still in child brain mode and I still need yeah. to think a lot more about like, oh, hang on, there was a joke there. My brain is different now. Let me try and understand it. And so <laughs> I think in in that case, I went a little bit too hard when I should have kind of gone a little <laughs> bit more Occam's razor with it, I think, in terms of the yeah. joke. One, this is another one that on the similar vein, you may be mentioning it. The um, There's a newspaper headline um, toward the end of the episode uh, there's a secondary line that says Gabo to have real boy operation. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't, but so uh, that one again really throws me because like, is, is like, really? Is he like, but, <laughs> but now you've got to let go of the, of reality and logic when you're watching a cartoon. But I, it's I, just, you mean, I, I, Mitch, like you're not sure if that's meant to be a plot point or if it's just meant to yeah, be a throwaway gag. A, like a plot yeah. point kind of thing. Like, like <laughs> oh my God, he, he, that's, that's like a game changer for the, for the story here. And like, it, I think it just kind of goes into um, uh, where f- for me, those kinds of weirder jokes, I still feel like 
needed to have some implication to the plot. Mitch, if you wrote an episode of The Simpsons, would it be incredibly <laughs> linear and, like, pragmatic and just, like, everyone's like, now I am going to work. My work is located at <laughs> one, two, three. Wow. Okay. Uh, look, that already exists in a lot of Australian drama, Kate, so I uh, <laughs> probably probably wouldn't need to extend Ooh. that to The Simpsons. <laughs> Get him, um, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another joke that I didn't just get today, but I saw this online like a few years ago. I was like, oh, of course, is Krusty and Bette Midler's racehorse is called Crudler. Whereas um, if they took the other halves of their names, Midler, Meh, and Krusty, Steve, it would be Misty, which is a much better name. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like one of those jokes which works without, like, it, it's a, like a bonus figuring out that it could have been Misty, but it's yes. still funny, the fact that it's still such a horrible name. Crumbles. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so many. Oh, and one of the, I feel like even people in the US wouldn't have got this obscure reference, and they make a few references over the course of The Simpsons to this guy, is... um. Ray J. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> so, highly recommend those at home and um, you too. Look up on YouTube after this, Ray J. Johnson Jr. Um, so, the bit is where oh, he's referenced twice. It's when Krusty says, We never did a bad show except that week when Ray J. Johnson guest starred. You can call me Ray. Ugh, that got old after three seconds. Um, and then later, um, Gabbo's like, who we got? He's like, Ray J. Johnson. He goes, ay, 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 ay. So, he's, um, again, one of those, um, the character was more well-known than the person that played him. Ray J. Johnson was a character. Um, and his whole shtick was just listing things you could call him. So, he's like, <laughs> you can call me Ray. He was like an old man and he was like, you can call me Ray or you can call me Jay. Mitch, I think you you'd like Ray, this Jay. kind of humour. This is your kind of humour, Mitch. Very direct, very much, hi, this is my name, but you can call me this if you want. Yeah, this sounds right up my alley. I'm surprised that they didn't get him on The Simpsons. <laughs> well, they. here's the thing. They did. Like 20 years later, there's an episode where they go to... Branson? Is that a place? Um, They go somewhere in America, uh, which is kind of like a B-grade Vegas, I think, and they have a show uh, which is all um, uh, five-second of fame celebrities, and they all voice themselves, and he's on it. Right. Yeah. So, there you go. But, yeah, look him up because it's... He's they, there's a clip. I think if you look up Ray J. Johnson, the first thing that comes up is he's like a 20-second clip of him on a show... Um, from the, like the seventies, and the crowd freaking loves it. They they go nuts. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, the, yeah, um, like sp- yeah. Speaking of speaking of the um, references and stuff, one thing that I didn't get, and I don't think I even saw on the original airings on Channel Ten. It's straight after um, when Bart and Lisa are arguing on the couch and. Um, about two wrongs don't make a right. So she screams out, mm. Dad. And then Homer goes, Two wrongs make a right, honey. And then he yeah. goes back to his newspaper, which I swear <laughs> the scene ended on Channel 10 showings at that point. And he makes yeah. a Rex Morgan MD reference. And it, it, it threw me. 
<laughs> because I agree. I, I don't think they did show that. I think the scene, in my head, that scene finishes after he says two wrongs make a right, which makes sense because that's the... It's the joke. It's the end, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so and who is... I, I didn't so, look this up. Who is Rex Morgan MD? So Rex, Rex Morgan MD, it's like this old school um, like comic strip thing, like a, a la Garfield oh, or something that right. just seems to be localised in America. Um, yeah. Like a so- soap opera thing, um, not Garfield. Gotcha. I don't know why I said Kinda Garfield. Kind of like the Phantom Sure, <laughs> but like with um, the the thing that makes the joke even weirder is that it feels like it was improvised because the the um, when Homer turns like back to looking at the newspaper, it's freeze framed. Like there's no yeah, other animation right. that occurs. He's just yeah. there. It's just a still image. It's like they were running under and had to like add another line yeah. for some reason. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like they do that a bit sometimes. Like even um. In this episode when Luke Perry makes the merry-go-round, I feel like it yeah. shows the merry-go-round just a little too long. It really does. Like, I reckon that's because they were running under or something. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, another thing I swear I don't remember seeing as a kid was the porno reference when Krusty said <laughs> the phone. Yeah. Um, are you the producers from that porno? Because I was nervous on the day. I can assure you I'm old man. I don't remember that unless I just it just went over my head so much that I didn't take it. Yeah, but yeah I don't think I, don't I saw that either. I think it just went straight to offering him, um, yeah, the cash amount, and yeah. then he just started banging his head on the phone because it's an easy to cut bit. Like, yeah, you can still have that scene without that that line. So yeah, um, totally. I've got I've got the book here. So this is the. Um, Simpsons Complete Guide, first eight seasons of the show. Uh, I've been playing a bit of a game on the on the podcast where um, each uh, each episode has a side character, um, and I'll get you guys to guess which character they chose. You might remember Kate when we did Whacking Day. Um, <laughs> Richard Nixon was the side character, mm, mm-hmm. so there can be some obscure ones. Um, sometimes well, they go with who you'd imagine. Like I'll give you an example. Like here's Marge on the lamb. And we've got Ruth Powers as the little side character. So oh, you mean like the physical character that's in your book? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yes, yeah, yes. We're trying so, to guess right. that person. Okay, I'm on board because it's like a side <laughs> character in the episode. Like, what do you mean? There's so many. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, literally side. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> in my I head, have... I know what I mean. <laughs> I, I have who I think is going to be the side character. Okay. Let me know when you want to hear it. Yeah, go, let us know. Let us know. I think it's going to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, okay, okay, Mitch. Oh, because there's so many um, mm. roles in this episode. Um, That's it. I reckon it's going to be Gabbo because the uh, okay because the episode is not called the Gabbo episode, even though it probably should have been. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was really surprised Gabbo was in there too because I was like, yeah. "Oh, it's the Gabbo episode." Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mitch, you get a million points. You Oy! did it. Yeah, yay, uh, Gabbo. I'll hold him up to the screen. There we go. Him and Arthur Crandall. Uh, Kate, um, they actually don't ever have real people as the the character. 
Um, I yeah, don't know you it's a idiot. Thing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they Way never. Way to rig uh, it, Murphy. <laughs> Way to te- you could have told me that after I said, I guess the red hot chili peppers. And you just went, okay, okay. You not only guessed, one. you only guessed one uh, person that that could not have been on there, but you guessed four that could not have been on there. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, like, I think the Red Hot Chili Pepper scenes are some of the best in the episode um, where they're, um, <laughs> where that scene where Krusty asks them to change the lyrics. <laughs> uh, he goes, how about what I want is to hug and kiss you? And they go, whoa, that's much better. Everyone can enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I love the bit yeah. as well when they walk into Mo's bar and they're like, hey, Mo, hey, Mo. <laughs> well, it's like, hey, Mo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, can we talk about the worker on parasite animation? Oh, yeah, one of the greatest gags from this episode. Well, yeah. as a kid, that terrified me, <laughs> and, it, and it gave me and it gave me nightmares because oh. it, it was all like wow. um, it was. I think because it was so kind of similar to Itchy and Scratchy in, in spirit, like as per the, the joke, but yeah. it, to, in, in my in my stupid putty child brain, it was like it's wrong, it's gone wrong, something's happened to it. <laughs> like it, it, it was like it just alarm bells are going off in my head. It was just it really kind of made me like assume fetal position and groan. That's so interesting. Wow, sorry. Because I always found Itchy and Scratchy, like as a kid, being like, oh, I don't want to watch an Itchy and Scratchy because I always found it so nightmarish. Like I can think, I feel like I watched this this new one being like, finally, something sensible. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what that says about Mitch, that he was fine with all the gore of Itchy and Scratchy, but this one he was like, no. No, they're, they're on scribble now. It is very unsettling. Yeah. Is they he? did like a great job, like of making it seem like an actual real old bizarre foreign cartoon. I think the like, thing yeah. that does it for me is um there's a slight pitch warping, like the um like it's coming off an old record, like they, they take yeah. the music and stuff and make it kind of distorted, which which just makes me feel ill as a child <laughs> and now. Yeah, and the animation oh, as well, like the way that they move is not at all smooth and it's that tracking yeah. kind of thing as mm. well yeah oh and but yeah crusty's i think what really sells that whole scene is crusty's response <laughs> what the hell was that amazing and for some reason they allowed him to have a cigarette like, but i enjoyed the fact that um this is one of those episodes that kind of makes you go oh it's that joke or it's that bit which yeah. i feel like is a sign yeah. of a good simpsons episode um but in particular this one was the one that had old gray mare in it <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like those kinds of jokes, the 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 casual Simpsons viewer couldn't pinpoint the episode they belong to, but obviously mm, be mm. very familiar with the joke. Um, and uh, it was like, oh yeah, cool, old green man, great. And yeah. um, it was it was particularly funny uh, watching crusty react to it on, on tv <laughs> yes. because i forget that you don't actually see the old gray mare singers <laughs> it's just audio yeah. only and um i think because you're watching it off camera makes it so much funnier um i yeah you're spot on mitch and i actually had that in my notes off i think we've even had this discussion like sometimes off screen jokes are funnier than if they were on screen and oh, totally old 
old grey mare scene is a perfect example. Uh, another example in the same episode is when the squeaky voice teen drops the taco in the dish. <laughs> Let me pick it up. And you do see him a few times try and get it. Go, ouch, ouch. But then it cuts away back to Krusty Mel, but you still hear him in the background going, ouch, ouch. <laughs> yeah. That's very funny. Bit of trivia for this episode that we should discuss uh, is because of all the celebrities in this episode, which is not out of the ordinary for the series now. The show goes loco for having big names in it um, and cramming episodes full of guest stars. But at the time, I think this was this, after the baseball episode, this was the second episode to have like a bunch of celebrities in the one episode. Um, but because of that, uh, Julie Kavner, who voices March, and Harry Shearer, um, who voices Mr. Burn Smithers, Skinner, a whole bunch of characters, they objected. So they were like, no, we're not on board with this because they thought it was just like um, to get ratings. Like oh, there was no a, integrity like a tacky, to it. A tacky yeah. approach yeah. to yeah. luring people in with celebrities. Yeah. So Harish, um, so Julie Kavanagh isn't actually in this episode. Marge doesn't have any lines, which is easy to miss because she's still in the episode. You still yeah. see her pop up like she's exercising with Krusty. Yeah, she's I love in that the bit. audience. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she doesn't actually have any lines. Um That's so interesting. So, yeah, it's especially since this episode ahead. They've done so 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 many gimmicky episodes. Mm. Like like oh, uh so for this to be one that she boycotted like really? Yeah. I mean, maybe it was just early on and, and I, I did actually check um uh, I had a yeah. cursory Google search of um, uh, their pay rates as they as they kind of like went through the years yeah. and stuff, and so like they were obviously <laughs> at this point, um, the, the time of this episode aired, being mm. paid just a fraction of what they're being paid now. Yeah. But even then, it's amazing that they would still, um, I guess, dare to put themselves yeah. on the line like that when it could mean. Being fired because, like, obviously, in 1993, they were nowhere near through the entirety of you know what is ultimately the Simpsons run. So, like, they didn't know how long the show was going to go yeah. from that point. Like, to, to decide, I'm putting my foot down with this and not appear in the episode at all. Like, fuck, that's yeah, it must have really bothered them. I guess is my point. I don't know if it's like a case of maybe because like. I mean, you don't even really notice Marge doesn't have any lines in the episode. It doesn't stand out. So, maybe she initially didn't even have that many lines anyway. Um, so, it was easy for just to be like, okay, well, we'll remove this line, remove this line. Like, mm-hmm. um, But um, Harry, I had it in my head because um, I had seen that trivia before that Julie Kavner and Harry Shearer objected to the episode. So, I had in my head that Harry Shearer boycotted the episode as well <laughs> but right. within the first five minutes that's definitely not true because you've got kent brockman you've got um mr burns and smithers you've got jasper and reverend lovejoy <laughs> like in the first two minutes it's like harry Shearer is most of the episode so i was like oh okay no nah, he clearly didn't go through with an actual boycott then yeah um, indeed. he causes a fair bit of strife though he's the one that threatened to like quit a few years ago mm-hmm. um because i think he wanted a pay raise um, he often, like, he always criticizes the show in interviews and stuff. He always talks about it going downhill and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. But he's still getting millions from them. <laughs> yeah. 
It's amazing um, that he's in the position to be able to be that vocal about it and not totally be taken off the show. It feels like anyone else would have that done to them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's because he just does the voice. So it's like maybe because he doesn't have that connection with like he probably does all these lines from home and stuff so he doesn't even come in the office. So he, has, he feels a bit disconnected from it. So he that gives him the confidence to talk shit about the show because it yeah. kind of doesn't feel like he like he probably doesn't see these people face to face so he doesn't have that emotional or i don't know i'm oh, just <laughs> riffing it's such here, a but- good job oh imagine being in that position to like essentially do work from home and get paid all those sweet millions good lord that's it oh. so i've got uh, also in this book I have, it has a stuff you may have missed section and it's often pretty useless. It just quotes signs and newspaper headlines from the episode. Um, but this one is just flat out false. It says here, I'll read it out verbatim. It says, Gabbo's line, that ought to hold the little SOBs, spoken after the camera has been turned off, uh, is taken from a 1950s kiddie show in which the host asked, are we off the air? And then said, that ought to hold the little SOBs for another week. He did not know he was still on the air and was summarily dismissed. <laughs> so, that's an urban legend. Yeah. So, I think it is what the gag is based on. And from reading online, um, yeah, there is like a well-known urban legend that um, a host of a kid's radio show or TV show, it always changes the story, um, uh, made a derogatory comment about the audience and then, yeah, didn't realise he was on air. So, I think that is what it is referencing. But the book makes it out, this book here makes it out to be fact. Right. Um, but do they actually, do, do they say SOBs? Well, is the urban legend them saying SOBs? Because that is not <laughs> offensive. If they'd said sons of bitches, I could kind of understand. Or if they'd said, you know, but fucking bit- grubby shits, you know, that's <laughs> obviously worse. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> I feel like if a kid's host said that ought to hold the SOBs, people wouldn't be like, well, it's okay because he didn't actually say sons yeah, of bitches. He didn't but I mean, have the uns of itches on the end of it. I, I, I guess. But, I mean, if you're going to the effort to to uh, say something insulting right. to your audience whilst you're near cameras, you'd want to do it properly, I guess. Like, why is he holding back there in the urban legend is... <laughs> Once again, you're asking for a certain logic jump that is <laughs> that cannot be given to you. Because I, when I, without um, watching it as a kid, obviously I knew that um, I wasn't aware that it was a reference to something um, mm. urban legend or otherwise. And so I just assumed that they were saying SOB because they couldn't say sons of bitches in the time slot, like in the right, Simpsons yeah, time yeah, yeah. slot, um, because it always struck me as something that wasn't particularly insulting to to say on air, especially in the 90s at that point. Weird that that was the thing that got him into hot water. Well, it doesn't. Oh, i um completely forgotten this until rewatching, but it doesn't actually have any effect on Gabbo's show, does it? Because yeah. Brockman gets fired, but Gabbo has no repercussions from it. I don't know if I ever really registered that. Um, yeah. Makes sense because he's still got the show as the show goes on. Um, and I guess what ultimately ends Gabbo is that Krusty's comeback show is really big because um, then they're across the road being like, Ray J. Johnson, aye, 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 aye. Um, yeah. But in my head, it was like, oh, yeah, Bart's little prank is what fucks over Gabbo. But no, it's 
Yeah, indeed. And also the episode ends quite abruptly and bizarrely. Like they're just all at Moe's summarising <laughs> the episode. Like nothing really... That you don't really see, um, you don't see the payoff in you know Crusty's yeah. career having come back. They're just kind of all together, as telling everybody that it has happened and it's fine now. You know, it's uh, yeah. And there's not much like real character growth or anything in this episode. Yeah. It's, and they don't really go to much. It's not a struggle to get these celebrities. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> like, yeah. it's The Simpsons and it's like <laughs> episodic. I don't understand what you need from it. I, as long as it's funny and you feel like there's a... It's definitely alluded to that it's fine now. You don't want to hit the hammer over the head again and again. Like, <laughs> True. Are you, there's like a genuine concern from both of you about Krusty's career. Like, he's all right, guys. He's his colours and lines. Like, he's all good. I wanted to be more realistic. I don't understand this documentary. <laughs> yeah, well said, Kate. Um, so, do we want to um, give it a rating, a fi- final thoughts, uh, Kate? I really enjoyed it, but having not watched any other Simpsons episodes recently, I don't know. I'll give it an eight, just in- so it gives me some wiggle room at the top and the bottom. I'll give it yeah. an eight. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play Price's Right rules and give it an eight point five. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, what are we trying to win here? If Murphy's, if Murphy's got Mitch- like a number that we like, so if Murphy gives it a nine, does, does Mitch win? <laughs> Another million points to Mitch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Come on. So I, uh, I think I'm going to give it, yeah, this, this is a fun episode. Um, uh, and the animation, I think, is really great, especially on Krusty. Krusty is always so well animated, like all these, like, goofy movements and shit like when he's playing tennis or when he um is singing send in the clowns um Ooh, yeah true always always really well done um yeah uh, i'm gonna give it an 8.75 this one yeah <laughs> wow now you're just being petty uh but yeah good shit um do you have anything you want to plug mitch yeah sure i mean uh in uh, mid-November is the start of my new series, The Backside of Television, which will be on SBS Viceland. I don't have a time nice. yet, um, a time slot, but, you know, we might know more when this is released. I, I like people listening going, well, if he doesn't have a time, <laughs> bum bow, <laughs> yell then, at me. <laughs> and also there's the uh, last year of television, which is the end of year review of Australian television, which is uh, at the end of this year as well. And Kate is in both of those. Hey. Hey. Hey-o. There you go. There you go. And... You got anything you want to mention, Kate? Yeah. Um, second season of my podcast, Lona, is out now, which Mitch gets a mention at the end of. <laughs> it's a very good it's a very good podcast and a very good mention. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and yeah, just follow me on social media because that's where I, I plug stuff and do silly things if you wanna get silly. Is it at Kate Dennett? Yeah, so like pretty much just Kate Dennett. If you spell Dennett correctly, you'll find it. D-E-H-N-E-R-T. And it's Kate with a K, not a C. I ain't snooty like that Kate Blanchett. <laughs> <laughs> no, she listens. I ain't no snoot. <laughs> uh, sweet. And you do the music for, um, for Lona too, don't you? 
Yeah, I do. The intro music. Yeah, so I, I got a couple of podcast composers on this episode. <laughs> Don't insult us by calling us <laughs> podcast composers. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being on the show, Mitch. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the show, Kate. Thank you for having me. No worries. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And as we always say here on Murph's Tavern, boy. Boy. (laughs) I was going to try and um, anticipate what you were going to say, but it was just one word. (laughs) 